The first reading for our celebration of the ascension of our Lord comes from the first chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. To them he presented himself alive after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, Two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Christ has risen from the dead. He has given him dominion over the works of his hands. He has put all things under his feet. The epistle reading comes from Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, the first chapter. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is the word of the Lord. And the Holy Gospel which serves as the text for our sermon this morning comes to us according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Then Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, And that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. 
but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. This is the gospel of our Lord. Well, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, today we are celebrating the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. Forty days after his resurrection, Jesus took his disciples out of Jerusalem to a nearby mountain, and they watched him rise into heaven. Every year, the church celebrates Ascension Day on the Thursday that falls 40 days after Easter or on the Sunday before or after it. It is a high holiday of the church year, one that often gets special treatment with music, processions, or other such pomp. But the question is, why? Why would we as Christians celebrate Jesus' ascension? Why would we rejoice that he left the earth and left us behind. Why in the world would we make that day a holiday instead of a day of mourning? Because let's face it, things haven't exactly been great since that day. Look at how bad the world has gotten since the ascension. How many wars have been fought that claimed millions of lives? How many diseases and pandemics have ravaged the world's population? How many innocent children have been slaughtered in the womb for the sake of convenience? How many shootings and kidnappings and murders and acts of terrorism have taken place since Jesus ascended? How evil and wicked has mankind become in the last 2,000 years since his ascension? If Jesus were still here, would all of this be happening? And it's not just out in the world either. Even within the Christian church, look how bad things have become. The church has splintered into denominations, and each denomination has its own factions and groups within. So many church bodies have turned to false teaching, embracing the wickedness of our culture in order to seem more friendly and more accepting. So many people abuse and twist God's word for personal gain, using the Bible like a 12-step program or claiming it promises things that it completely doesn't. Since Jesus' ascension, it seems like the church has just steadily lost her focus, constantly splintered and fractured, and has become irrelevant to our modern world. If Jesus were still here, would the church be in such shambles? And how about our own individual lives? Obviously, we weren't alive before Jesus' ascension, but as his people, as the sheep of his hand, shouldn't our lives be better? How many of us struggle daily with our sinful addictions, knowing what is right and still falling so deeply into what is wrong? How many of us have conflict and turmoil at work, with neighbors, with friends, with our own family? How many of us suffer from aches and pains and sickness, anxiety and fear and depression? How many of us, even as Christians, have our doubts about the future? How many of us struggle with our faith? How many of us wonder if we're really on the right track? 
If Jesus were still here, would we have so many problems and worries and heartaches? We've all had that thought before, haven't we? If Jesus were still here, the world would be better. If Jesus were still here, the church would be better. If Jesus were still here, my life would be better. If Jesus were here, all this wickedness and evil that surrounds us and grinds us down every day, it just wouldn't be here. We've all thought along those lines, and we've all been wrong to do so. Because the fact is, plenty of bad things happened even while Jesus walked this earth. The Roman Empire that ruled most of the Western world throughout Jesus' earthly life, it was a brutal and pagan world power. Pilate, the Roman governor of Israel, was angry with some people, and so he had them slaughtered while they were giving a sacrifice at the temple so that their blood mingled with the animals that they were offering to God. Lazarus, a close friend of Jesus, died, even though his sisters had sent for Jesus days beforehand. The disciples, they were rejected in many places when they were sent out by Jesus. Many people presented wrong ideas about Jesus. Many of them expected him to be something he never claimed to be. Jesus himself was betrayed, wrongly condemned, and brutally executed, even though he was entirely innocent. Some who saw Jesus in the flesh after the resurrection still didn't believe and claimed that it was all a hoax. So no, while Jesus walked this earth, there was no golden age of peace and love and joy. Not in the world, not in the church, and not in the individual lives of his followers. And so we can't blame his ascension into heaven for all of the evil that we see. We can't look back to that date and say that that's when everything went south on us. We can't say, if Jesus were still here, none of this would have happened. Especially because Jesus is here. More so, in fact, than if he hadn't ascended into heaven. The church celebrates the ascension because it isn't at all about Jesus leaving us behind. Notice how Luke records the ascension at the end of his gospel in our reading today. He says, Then Jesus led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Now, unless every one of them was mentally ill, that's not how you respond when God leaves you. But it's the absolutely correct response. When Jesus ascended, the disciples didn't cry that he was gone. They worshipped him like he was still there because he was still there. They returned to Jerusalem with great joy because they knew that even though he wasn't with them bodily, Jesus absolutely was still with them. Not like when Obi-Wan got struck down and showed up as a ghost every now and then to give Luke some advice. Jesus was truly, fully, completely with each and every one of them after his ascension. You see, while on earth, Jesus chose to limit himself to one place at one time 
just as we ourselves are. When he was in Jerusalem, he was not anywhere else. The crowds gathered wherever he happened to be because that was the only place that he happened to be physically. And since the church is where Jesus is, the church would only be where Jesus happened to be on any given day. How often do you think Jesus would get around to Loudoun, Iowa? How often would you get to be in the presence of Jesus? But now that he's ascended, though, he promises that wherever two or three are gathered in his name, he is there with us. He promises that he is with us always, even to the end of the age. Do you remember when Jesus rose and Mary greeted him outside the tomb? After she finally recognized him, she ran to embrace him. And Jesus said, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. This was not Jesus saying that he didn't like hugs. This was not Jesus saying, Don't touch me because I'm like wet paint and I still haven't finished resurrecting. Jesus is saying, Don't get so hung up on this physical body to define my presence with you. Don't cling to just what you can touch and see because soon I will be with you in a very different way. Just because we can't see Jesus with our eyes doesn't mean that he isn't with us. Sitting at the right hand of God doesn't mean that Jesus is far away playing Candy Crush for all of his days and totally unaware of what's going on until he decides to return again. Right now, Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, because of his glorious ascension into heaven, Jesus is with you, personally, truly, completely. Not like I am with you now, standing at a distance and then gone later on this afternoon. Jesus is with you always, just as he promised. So if Jesus is truly with us, if Jesus truly is still here, then why do all these bad things still happen? Why are there still shootings and pain and heartache and suffering and death? Well, as is often the case, that's the wrong question. We're sinners. We live in a sinful and broken world. We're rebels who reject God's ways and choose our own. We're mortals who turn our backs on God hundreds of times a day, who ignore his perfect and holy word and chase after the wicked ways of Satan. We might ask, why do bad things happen? But the real question is, why don't more bad things happen? We deserve to reap the painful, deadly consequences of our rebellious sin. We assume that somehow we deserve paradise and perfection. But because of our guilt, we deserve only wrath and condemnation, only chaos and destruction. We deserve to be abandoned by God, turned over to the devil and all his wicked ways. That's what we deserve as sinners. But we're not. We're not because Jesus sits at the right hand of God and rules over all things. He blesses us daily when we don't deserve it one bit. He protects us from so many satanic assaults that we are blissfully unaware of. He is present and active in our lives, guiding us, guarding us, and protecting us. 
not just from afar on the macro level, but closely, personally, in each of our lives. He ascended into heaven so that he can truly and always be with you. Wherever you may be, whatever you may be doing, whatever you might be going through, Jesus himself is with you. And this is the same Jesus who willingly suffered and died in your place. This is the same Jesus who descended from heaven to take on human flesh and humble himself to be a part of his creation. He didn't shout orders from afar. He came down to us, got into the trenches of this spiritual war. He experienced everything that we ourselves do in this wicked world. Every temptation that you face, he has faced as well. Every heartache that you have known, he has known as well. Every ache and pain, every sorrow and grief, every disappointment and death, he himself has known fully, even far beyond what we ourselves experience. He left heaven to come to you in the flesh. He allowed himself to be betrayed and beaten and mocked and wrongly sentenced. He sacrificed his eternal life in shame and agony to pay the price of your sin. He gave up everything to return from, to redeem you from sin, death, and the devil. Do you think he's going to forget about you? Do you think he's going to abandon you? Do you think that he will ever leave your side? We might be tempted to say that in spite of his, his ascension, Jesus is with us. But that's not right. Because of his ascension, Jesus is with us. Because he sits at the right hand of the Father, he is present and active in each of our lives. Because he rules over all things from heaven, he rules over our individual lives personally and walks with us every step of the way. He is not limited to one place at one time, but he is with you always and with me always and with the whole world always. And no matter how bad things might get, no matter how terrible the consequences of our sin, no matter how wicked and evil our world turns, we know that heaven awaits us as Christians. We know that the day is coming when we will once again see Jesus with our own eyes. We know that we will be reunited with him in the flesh as he returns to judge the living and the dead, just as we are reunited with all our loved ones who have died in the Christian faith. We know this because Jesus suffered, died, and rose again. We know this because he has ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and so he spoke his promises with godly authority. We know this because each and every day of our lives, Jesus is here with us, speaking by his word, forgiving us of our sins, strengthening us each day of grace that we are allowed to draw breath. And when that breath ceases, Jesus' grace does not. For we will fall asleep in this world of death and treachery and terror and sin, but we will awake in his heavenly kingdom of peace and joy and eternal life. No matter how much you may suffer in this world, Jesus is with you. And by his cross alone, 
By his empty tomb alone, you are forgiven of every one of your sins, and eternal life in heaven is yours. Thanks be to God. Amen.